you are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. When the Jacks come with you, Falcons, what you gonna do? Browns, what you gonna do? Carolina, what you gonna do? Them Jacks coming with you. Yep, them bigger Jacks, here they come. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Network. I am your host, Zach Goodall. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall. I hope you liked our intro music because that is here to stay. I was thinking last night and I was telling Chris, you know, I think we need to add some intro music. And then it popped in my head. Why not do Uh Oh by Leon Searcy in the 1990s Jaguars team? Uh, I thought it was a great song. I thought the clip we picked was the best part of the song. Get you amped up just to listen to our beautiful voices here on Locked On Jaguars. And speaking of R, I'll go ahead and bring on Chris. Misto Christofose, what's up to the people? Hello, folks. I'm back from my groin injury. Yes, we both played some football over the weekend before the Jaguars game. I don't know if we talked about this on Sunday's recording or not. I'm totally blanking. But um, we were both in very poor shape afterwards we need i actually need to start stretching beforehand i i felt terrible the next day um but we'll go ahead and get into it before we hit the injury reports for the jaguars versus colts game tad dickman the president of pr for the jaguars released where jaguars stand in the top 10 in the nfl in pro bowl voting so far for their position A.J. Bouye and Jalen Ramsey are number one and number two, respectively, at the cornerback position across the NFL. Um, Calais Campbell is in second for defensive ends. Tommy Bohannon is, was in first last week. He is now in second for uh, fullbacks across the league. Leonard Fournette ranks fourth for running backs. Malik Jackson, fourth for defensive tackles. Telvin Smith ranks sixth for outside linebackers. Miles Jack ranks ninth. They still consider him to be an outside linebacker in the uh, voting. What's impressive about Smith being at that sixth spot is that the outside linebacker position, even though he's not a pass rusher, they're all lumped together as pass rushers slash normal outside linebackers. It's kind of a one position thing in voting, so it's not too complicated. And as a non-pass rusher, it's pretty hard to get into even like the top 10 for this voting. Telvin Smith being at six is pretty incredible and should tell you just how valuable he is to this team. You should be glad that they locked him up for a while, folks. Um, he will. He is on the injury report, so we'll be talking about him later. But Chris, there was one snub. There was one snub on this list, and that man is... Josh Lambeau. okay so there were two snubs on this list one of them is josh lambeau and the other one is yannick ngakwe fair yeah um (laughs) and yannick yannick had a couple of tweets about it afterwards about how there's a bit of a chip on his shoulder um and i totally get why because he has 10 sacks and what six or seven strip um force fumbles or maybe eight Something like that. I forget exactly where it's at. But bottom line is it's top tier um, statistics. And he slept on because of how good the Jaguars pass rush is this season. So fans, do your duty. Get out there and vote. Uh, So far, the Jaguars are looking pretty good in fan voting. But we need to get Yannick at least into the top 10 at his position. And I would put him really in 
top five. There's a good there's a good, there's a good thing that it's three base voting that the fans account for one third and then the players and coaches account for the other third because I do believe the players and coaches in the league actually understand that Yannick Ngakwe exists and yeah. know what he's doing. So hopefully, if the fans let him down, hopefully the people in the actual league will recognize his talent and put him where he deserves. And then we all, all of us Jags fans, can road trip over to Orlando and see our beloved Jaguars in the Pro Bowl. Well, you can really, with the amount of guys that are getting voted in, could just do a Jaguars versus all. Though, now that I think, <laughs> now that I think about it, they won't even be in the Pro Bowl because they'll be preparing for the Super Bowl, so... Exactly. So exactly. I mean, so who really cares, right? Who cares? Really who matter. cares if they get snubbed? They'll be they'll be playing the better game next week, the week after. Yeah, exactly. Well, that'll take us into the Jaguars injury report. Like I said, uh, Telvin Smith is in the concussion protocol. After last week, he was taken out of the game with what seemed to be a concussion. Actually, put back into the game for a little bit, and then was ruled out for the rest of it. I'm not sure if the team could get in trouble for that or not. I know there was some talk on the Twitter timeline that they potentially could. If so, I don't even know if we'll hear about it or if it'll be something that they can keep under wraps, but uh, I don't know exactly how that all works. From my understanding, he cleared the concussion test, and then at halftime he began displaying more symptoms of a concussion, so they pulled him. So then in that case, they probably wouldn't get any trouble. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was cleared to go back in, and then... Uh, he just, he might've got hit again, just the wrong way. And just kind of, they, I don't know. I don't know what symptoms he showed, right. but they, I saw from a few different reports that he displayed, uh, concussion like system symptoms during halftime. And then the coaching staff had to pull him. Gotcha. Well, he was a DNP did not practice today. We'll have to monitor him going forward to see if he'll be able to do it this week. If not, it looks like Blair Brown would be getting his first career start. The rookie linebacker out of Ohio who I thought would have been a better fit at Sam, but, I mean, he can play Will. He's more of a run stopper than a pass uh, coverage guy, but he's a guy you can play on early downs and then maybe mix around uh, a little bit on third. We'll see how they address it going forward. Uh, Bortles, right wrist injury, full participant. I don't even know if I really need to say that anymore. We know. Um, Leonard Fournette was a full participant with his nagging ankle injury. It's still bothering him, and I think we can kind of tell by his performance. So, we have have, – it's Fournette's first uh, time being a full participant in practice since November 10th. Well, that's definitely good news right there. Um, still something that we need to keep our eye on as we saw that it bothered him during the game. Then we'll go to Sean Gibson. He has a knee injury. Uh, he was limited. Alan Hearn still did not practice uh, with his ankle injury. Marquise Lee limited uh, with his knee injury. That's been bothering him. Uh, Marquise Lee is someone we're going to have to talk about going forward, and we won't do it tonight. Uh, We've got a lot planned for this episode, but eventually I want to talk about how he's been not performing well enough to deserve a potential extension. That's something we might be able to talk about next week. Um, Laurentay McRae, who stepped into the game for Telvin Smith uh, when he was injured, has a hamstring injury. He was limited. Patrick Omame was limited with his quad injury that's been bothering him. Parnell uh, limited with his knee injury. They both missed on Sunday and the week before. Donald Payne, hamstring injury, limited. And Jalen, limited with an ankle injury, not a hand injury. Just uh, that whole thing is over and out, I think, with his hand. But Chris, what do you take away from this injury report? Uh, I mean, it's nice to see Fournette being a full participant in practice. I think one of the biggest things really is Omame and Parnell being limited. I know they were limited last week, but I believe they had 
helmets on today, so that means I think they're getting closer to playing. And even if they don't play against this, they don't play this week, which I don't think should be as big of a problem uh, for kind of the pass rush against, for kind of, you know, Indy's pass rush, I think they could miss this week, and then I think they will be ready to go against the Seahawks, but we'll see. Well, having full strength against the Seahawks would definitely be something uh, something good. Uh, by the way, the Jaguars will be wearing their teal alternate jerseys for the second time this season uh, against the Seahawks in the game that moved to 425. That's next week, not this week, but the week after. Um, then I guess we'll take this over to the Colts injury report. It's a lot shorter. Uh, Daryl Daniels, the backup tight end, did not practice with a hamstring injury. Kyle Callis, guard, knee injury, full participant. Ryan Kelly, their center, who I've praised before last time the Jaguars played him, did not practice with a concussion. He's still being bothered by injuries. Um, he had a knee injury that um, at the start of the year, he missed several games. I think his return was actually against Jacksonville. Um, cornerback Rashawn Melvin, who I'm assuming has filled in a little bit for Vontae Davis after they released him, has a hand injury, did not practice. Hassan Ridgeway, defensive tackle, had a shoulder injury, did not practice. And that's it on the Colts side. Obviously, Kelly missing time would, again, be huge. Maybe the Jaguars can repeat, get another 10-sack performance against this Colts team like they did last time because that offensive line is a bunch of like high school caliber players at this point. Yeah, that would definitely uh, help for the push for the sack record. I don't know how many, how far away they are. It seems like they've kind of slipped off a little of the trail, which that's kind of a... Uh... Not really important. It'd be great if they did. But 10 sacks would be great. Let's go, let's go for think, 15. I think they are 30 away. I think they had two sacks this past week, and the high is, I think, 32. No, 72, sorry. Uh, combined 30 and 70 there for a second. Um, so I think they're like 30 away, so a 10-sack performance would certainly help when you'd then have four games left to uh, get 20. Well, so, what is that? We got the Colts game, so we got Colts, Seahawks, Texans, 49ers, Titans. So five weeks to get 30 sacks. So you can get six. You can get six a, a week, or you can get ten in one week, or I don't know. It's doable. It's doable. It's definitely doable. Much. And the Colts O-line isn't good. The Seahawks O-line sucks, but at the same time, they have Russell Wilson, so that'll be a test with his mobility. Texans, we've done it against, and they have Tom Savage back there again, so they should be able to have some fun again. And they don't um, have Dwayne Brown, even though he didn't play week one against us. He's right. just not even an option. Right. Uh, 49ers have a meh offensive line, to maybe even not that good, but Carlos Hyde's been doing all right out there, so it's it's been decent. Then uh, the Titans, their offensive line is still pretty good, so that would probably be the worst matchup out of the five left, but it's doable. It definitely is. I, I, I think they'll finish high 50s, low 60s, which is still phenomenal compared to last oh, year. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, the Jaguars, I don't think, have topped 30, what is it, 35-ish sacks since, I don't know, before I started watching. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. Well, in a little bit, we'll go over this Jaguars defense versus the Colts offense, go a little more in-depth with it. Fantasy football fans, listen up. It's not too late to join the 500,000 people that have already downloaded Draft this season. You get to play in a real-life snake draft, but you're done in under five minutes and they last for just one week. It's basically a draft for DFS. You can join one right now for this week in the NFL for who you think your best matchups are, including the return of Josh Gordon. The best part? 
play for cold hard cash. And get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on salary cap sites. Just ask me, I won on my very first matchup Thanksgiving week. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use the promo code LONFL. That's right, play a real money game for free by just using the promo code LONFL. And it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they're even offering a money back guarantee to up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play right now with the promo code LONFL. And join the Locked On Jaguars draft today. I'll be posting it on our Twitter this week and make sure you can join so you can play myself and try to beat me for some cold hard cash. All right, so let's go ahead and start taking a look at this Jaguars defense versus the Colts offense. And we've gone over these matchups before. They're still relatively similar. Um, it's pretty much the Jaguars own the Colts on all in all aspects. Uh, starting quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, he's been doing a fine job with what he's been given, and he really hasn't been given anything. Frank Gore, Marlon Mack are still the two, the one-two at running back. Marlon Mack had – he was like – a little bit flashy against the Jaguars. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think there was one play where he had a solid uh, breakoff run. I can't exactly put my finger on when it was or how far it went, but he looked a little flashier than I'd given him credit for the week before when I talked about him. I didn't view him as that great of a prospect coming out. Uh, receiver, they obviously have T.Y. Hilton, who's been hit or miss throughout the year, just obviously with this offense being um, so poor. Dante Marcrief on the opposite side. Uh, at tight end, they have Jack Doyle, who's been performing really well for how bad this offense is. He's a, actually a solid fantasy pickup. If you're going to pick up anyone from this Colts offense going forward, um, as if he's uh, not a, if he's available in your league, I'd suggest getting him. Especially the Jaguars have allowed, I think, five long play touchdowns in the past three-ish games. I think that's what Ryan O'Halloran put out today. Almost and, all of them coming in that Cardinals game. I think it was two of them coming in that game. Because I think there was two, uh, there was two against uh, Los Angeles. There was none against Cleveland, um, but there was the two against the Cardinals. Uh, I think there was five in total. They, they let up their, they let up their first passing touchdown to a wide receiver since week one in that Cardinals game. game. Yes, and that was Which bad. Is a pretty phenomenal stretch, though. Oh, it definitely is. Um, just sucks that we saw that happen, especially against Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> But if you're betting on anyone to have some sort of impact against this Jaguars offense, I would probably say it's Jack Doyle. He's been their most consistent performer all season, even over T.Y. Hilton. Um, the other tight end, they have Brandon Williams on their offensive line. Anthony Costanzo at left tackle. Jeremy Vujnovic, fake name, at left guard. Brian Kelly can't go. Mike Person will be their starting center. Uh, Kyle Kalise, who was also on the injury report at right guard. And Joe Haig at right tackle. All in all, like I said, this team... The Jaguars should have no issues whatsoever. Yeah, uh, they obviously didn't have a problem last time they played in Week 7. And I I could easily see a, a repeat performance. It's going to be in Jacksonville. Uh, hopefully the fans are able to hype the team up after a crushing loss to the Cardinals. Uh, I didn't get my weekly email Usually I get a weekly email from the ticket office from the Jags since I'm a season ticket holder uh, offering me discounted seats 
to fill the stadium. I didn't get that email today, so I'm thinking maybe there's not a whole lot of seats left for the Colts game, which kind of tells good for the rest of the home games for the season. I know the Seahawks game is almost sold out. Yeah, the Seahawks game, last time I checked, the ticket prices were a lot higher than yeah, left. Yeah, the t- the, those tickets are ridiculous. It's like $80 for nosebleeds, which I mean... Uh, to, yeah. uh, to other to other teams, that's like oh, like I'm sure. Uh, the Jaguars a... do have the cheapest tickets still left in the NFL for single game. It's considered to be the biggest steal of all teams with tickets, considering how well they're doing. I was gonna say, yeah, I was like getting uh, getting tickets that cheap for a seven and four team seems like a steal at this point. Yeah, the um that one being the most expensive of the three going forward. Uh, I just got a three pack to finish the rest of the year in tickets. And that's 80 is like the average price of my ticket for a seat in 124. So 80 for the nosebleeds for that game tells you that that's a highly anticipated game right there. Um, but we'll get back to it with these um, in Gakwe and Campbell going up against this offensive line should be a lot of fun. They're both chasing the sack record. Uh, Campbell being 0.5 sacks away. He was oh so close on that Gabbert 55-yard long or 52-yard long touchdown pass to whatever his name was, uh, Jerron Brown. But Campbell was so close to not only getting a sack, but he was two, in which case that really would have sealed the game for the Jaguars at that point, I think. And then he would have broken the sack record against his former team. But Ngakwe, two away, Campbell, .5 away. Do both of them get it this week? Uh, Let's yeah, I'd say Campbell I, I, definitely does. Campbell, Campbell can get. It. I can see Ngakwe. Ngakwe needs two to tie the record. Two and a half Ngakwe to get it. Two, yeah. Two to tie it. Two and a half. I can see them. I can see them mustering that up. I definitely oh, see Campbell sealing it. Ngakwe, I can see getting very close. I think they're both going to break the record by the end of the year. They're both going to shatter and set the record. It's going to be. It's going to be a race to see who because Ngakwe is catching up on Campbell, who had a really kind of early lead after that Texans game. Yeah, he was off to such a strong start with it. Um, do we think Jacoby Brissett can escape this pass rush? That I don't think. I think he might be able to manage the rush a little bit better. I don't think they're going to get 10 sacks again this week. Uh, I think that that's kind of really hard to do against a team that you've already played that's kind of been abused once. But I could still see them dropping them for 5-plus. So I think Brissett will escape it a little bit better, but I don't think there's going to be much more there to uh, help Brissett really. One thing that'll help Ngakwe, he has 4.5 sacks in three games, career games against the Colts, 2.5 coming from earlier this year. So And an interception. Get after it with Brissett, even though he is a little mobile. I mean, this offensive line is pure, pure trash. <laughs> then um, uh, when we come back, we'll be discussing Eli Manning, who was just benched by the New York Giants in favor of Geno Smith and Davis Webb. Was he done wrong? And more importantly, could he be a Jaguar soon? So we saw it was on um, Tuesday, the New York Giants, Ben McAdoo, their head coach, who will be gone by the end of the year. Sure, we can all assume that. Decided it would be best for the team to uh, bench Eli Manning. He has started 210 consecutive games for the Giants. That's a record for the team. I don't know where that stands in history, but I know that's big time. Um, 
obviously this is big. Uh, that kind of tells you the future of Eli in New York. This kind of tells you the future of New York. I think they just have to blow everything up because they're close to entering cap hell. They're going to have to pay Odell Beckham, which as Chris pointed that out to me today, I had for, even forgotten about that with him being injured. But um, with them having to do that on top of everything else they've got, I think they need to just completely blow it up. Eli is all but gone, I think. Uh, is there any chance that he ends up here? And if so, when does it happen? Chris, what are your thoughts? I think Eli, I don't, I don't think they're going to just release Eli straight up, I think, in the offseason, this upcoming offseason, if they don't decide to stick with him, uh, which I think they might try to keep him on if he even wants to stay. I think they're going to try keeping uh, him on to maybe mentor a guy because I do think they're drafting a guy in the first round. Uh, mm-hmm. But if they do were to, if they were to let him go, I think they'll let him go after maybe a possibly just a get any type of value trade in the offseason. But I think they'll let him go in the offseason. That way he can choose where he wants to go on his terms rather than being waived and then possibly getting claimed by a team like the Browns. Right. I um the thing is Eli has told teams before that he doesn't want to play there. We know that very well from 2004 when he was a rookie, let alone a two-time Super Bowl winner. Um he's told teams no before and he's had no issue with it. Um this obviously being in 2004 when he was drafted by the Chargers and just said, "No, I'm not playing here. There's no chance that I would play here. I don't want to be here." And uh, after that, they traded him to New York. So I'm wondering that if he somehow could demand for the Giants to release him now, will he have that type of power to tell teams, no, don't claim me, I want to go one place? Or do you think teams would really care? I mean, I believe when they claim him, they're going to have to take a lot of his cap hit too. So they're going to... I'm sure if he's made it very clear he's not going to participate or whatever, uh, they probably wouldn't claim him because he's currently carrying this. I believe I saw a number a team would owe him $16 million if they picked him up. Uh, and looking at his contract numbers right now, I actually think the Giants might keep him on for one more year because he has an out in his contract after 18. So... Might make financial sense for both parties to wait until then, but we'll see because obviously benching a two-time Super Bowl champion that's been the face of your franchise for, I mean, how long has it been? 13 years? Uh, yeah, 13. Not always a great look, especially from a head coach that's probably going to be gone in, uh, right. on Black Monday Yeah, in the NFL. So. McAdoo's an idiot. McAdoo looks like a mole rat. <laughs> I mean... I mean, I would, if you're a coach, you can't be so soft as to say, well, we'll let you come in and play for a little bit to keep the streak going, but we're benching you and expect something like a good relationship out of that. That's almost just like a slap to the face. Like, hey, we don't respect you enough to like let you play out, but we'll do this for you. But Tom Coughlin actually put out some words about it when he was talking on 1010XL on Mon- uh, Tuesday, my bad. And the question was, were you surprised by Eli Manning's benching? Coughlin said, surprise is not the word. My sentiments are totally with Eli Manning. I love the kid. He is a class act. He is a two-time Super Bowl champion. He is the finest, most humblest young man in that locker room. I haven't followed the Giants, and I think we all know why he hasn't followed the Giants. I know it's a disappointing year, but my thoughts are strictly with Eli. 
I'm very upset about when I heard that. That's not something you typically hear from the executive vice president of football operations of other teams uh, in season, even with a relationship like the one that Coughlin and Eli had. So that just makes me wonder. I think that there's a strong possibility. There's no doubt that they're not connected. I think it's a, po- I think it's a strong possibility that if he were to become available, there would be an instant like outreach from the Jaguars for him even just for a very, very short term, not as a long-term answer whatsoever. But I think, I don't know, could you see that as a uh, Cinderella story comes in this year and Eli wins a uh, third Super Bowl over Peyton for total Super Bowls for the family. He <laughs> brings in three, Peyton has two. Kind of like how Peyton went out with a new team, uh, win, and then call it a career, and he hits end it here in sunny Jacksonville with the best defense on the planet and his old coach, Tom Coughlin. I, I mean, I think that's like an ESPN 30 for 30 waiting to happen for Eli Manning. But, uh, yeah, I think, honestly, Eli's only shot really to be on this Jags roster. and eh, maybe not his only shot. I think the most logical shot is if he were to be released, which I don't think he will be. But if he were, I think the Jags are the overwhelming favorite to land him. Right. Uh, and, yeah, I mean... Gives you a change at quarterback that you really don't have. I mean, you kind of go all out because it's you know what you're getting in Blake, Eli Manning, fresh, fresh uh, new scenery, new or old faces in Tom Coughlin in the office in the front office. I think, I think something would happen, but I don't know. If just maybe a demoralized Eli might be worse than a motivated right. Bortles. Right. I mean. We look at it, and Eli's not having any type of superstar season whatsoever. I mean, I'm pulling up his stats now. The team's 2-9. and nine. It, The team has fallen apart around him, and I really would like to mention that before we go and immediately say Eli sucks. I mean, he has no pass protection. Offensive line's been an issue for them for the past couple of years. They were expected to upgrade this offseason. They didn't even re-sign their best player. He's going to probably end up hitting the market. I could see him potentially coming here, and that being Justin Pugh, the guard. Um, I mean, Odell Beckham being out for the year, Brandon Marshall being out for the year, Sterling Shepard missing a lot of time. And Eli currently sits at 62.5% uh, passes completed. He's 247 for 395. 14 touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's right around where Bortles was uh, in turn this past week's game. I think he was at like 12 and seven before this week. Um, 2,411 yards. I mean, it's just been like a meh year. And we know that... Eli has led the league in interceptions before. He's had 27, 25, and 20 interception seasons at points in his career. At the same time, he's also been able to overcome those before. And with a much better team around him, solid pass protection in Jacksonville. The run blocking hasn't been there, but the pass protection has has been, for that matter. Um, Not too much to hang your hat on for receiving core right now with Allen Robinson being out, but D.D. Westbrook has been flashy. Keelan Cole has been up and down. Marquise Lee, like I said, we'll talk about him. He's been a little disappointing, but every now and then he'll make a play. Alan Hearns, when he's healthy, is a solid possession guy, so if he's back, I don't know. I I, I like the idea of a short-term Eli um, appearance in Jacksonville. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm trying to find the exact number, but I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere that the Giants have over 20 players on IR. When I, when I saw it, it didn't look real. But, I mean, 
There, I'm just looking at lists right now. Brandon Marshall, uh, Keenan Robinson, DJ Fluker, Dwayne Harris, Dante Dion, Weston Richburg, JT Thomas, Curtis Grant, Skinner, OBJ. I mean, those are just some of the people. Janoris Jenkins was placed on there today. Right. I think that's. I think I heard you say two starting offensive linemen, and they're off. Well, it might have been more, but I could recognize two names right off the bat. I think you. Uh, I know you said Weston Richburg, and who was the first guy you said? Uh, DJ Fluker. DJ Fluker, yeah. So that's two guys right there. But uh, I think you're when you look at the interceptions that Eli throws, it, they're not on the tier of Bortles. Is Bortles throws interceptions at the worst possible time, usually in crunch right. time when it matters. Eli throws his interceptions. It seems like just in the middle of the game, just taking shots or whatever. And right. I think with the team that Eli would be inheriting with the defense, I think the team could easily overcome those types of interceptions compared to the ones that Bortles puts in on the last drives of games when you're in crunch especially, time. Especially with a dependable run game. Minus Fournette's um, game this past week, then one a couple weeks ago, he's still been fine throughout the year when the injury hasn't been bothering him. Ivory has been very much down the past couple weeks, but he had a solid role earlier on. Yeldon's been doing okay. All in all, I mean, it's still a team that's like up there in the top five for rushing across the NFL. He hasn't had that in New York since the Ahmad Bradshaw days. Maybe Rashad Jennings has been a little flashy, but really not. That's a throwback right there. Yeah, exactly. So Brandon Jacobs, the running back in a tight end's body at 6'4", 260 pounds back in 2007 Super Bowl with that run offense, with that offense. But um, I'm here for it. I think if there's any chance it can happen, you pull that trigger and just make it happen now and then find your upgrades still this offseason. Yeah, uh, I've been pretty vocal. I was kind of against Eli coming to Jax, but that was more towards like uh, this offseason for the next season type thing. Uh, but if you were to hit the waivers right now, then I think, of course, you take the shot on Eli because really, how much bad, how much worse can you really get on offense? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, I think that'll just about do it for us here at Locked On Jaguars. Uh, I'm going to be heading to UCF. I hopefully can try and catch their uh, championship game on Saturday. I'd really like to, but if not, I'm just going down for a couple nights to see some buddies. So Chris is going to be getting the uh, episode done for tomorrow with the Thursday injury reports uh, recording solo. Bear with uh, me. Best of luck to him. Bear with, uh, definitely bear with him. He'll do fine. He's done it before. So uh, I will catch up with you guys next week. Chris will catch up with you guys tomorrow with all the latest Jaguars news.